trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. Tonight we continue the journey through Holy Week, through Lent, through all this time of introspection and reflection and thinking about our journey moving forward and how to deepen that, how to hand over the things that are stopping us from having a full and wholesome relationship with our God and to embrace those things that make us closer to our Lord Jesus. For this week, that, that continues to be my theme, the idea of what do we hand over and what do we embrace. As we read the Passion narrative on Palm Sunday, Jesus was being handed over for torture, judgment, crucifixion and death. And those who were handing him over were embracing political expediency, religious authority and financial gain. When Jesus refused the kingdoms of the world when he was tempted by Satan in the desert, those who were able to embrace, embrace Jesus as the Messiah and turn the narrative around rejected Jesus and fell into Satan's temptation and held on to the riches of the kingdoms of the world. Tonight is another time to think about what we hand over and what we embrace. Tonight's narrative is fairly straightforward, recounting Jesus' Last Supper, what would become a central, central way of thinking about Jesus, as we also know from Corinthians, for the community's communion meal. As well as, this, as well as this, the command to wash each other's feet was also given as a sign of humility. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. And there is a natural fit between the service tonight and the events of the narrative that we read today. And we have rituals tonight that will bring those words on the page to life, especially when I wash your feet later on. You'll feel that uneasiness, that uneasiness that Peter speaks about in his, when he's talking to Jesus, I'm sure. But we also need to remember that there is another natural fit in tonight's reading, and that is the meal that they're having is a Passover meal. So there is a natural connection between what we read in the Exodus reading and what Jesus is doing tonight. As natural as the Gospel reading to, is to us, the text from Exodus is just as natural to Jesus and his disciples and they have a connection to the Passover meal in John in both tone and proximity to the ritual. We often think of Jewish religion as a temple, as a temple worship religion and there are many significant rituals that are done in the temple. The Passover meal is one of those rituals that is actually done in the home. Families are brought together and people who have no other table to be at are invited to join that meal. We see the diversity of the people that Jesus invited to his final Passover meal. So diverse in what they did, fishermen, tax collectors, doing all sorts of professions. And also a diversity in how much they loved him. Going all the way to, if we read the following passage, the one that, loved, that Jesus loved the most was reclining on, on Jesus as they were eating to Judas the betrayer who was going to call the soldiers in to have him taken 
and uh, arrested. So tonight I ask the question, if we're moving forward through Lent and trying to repent and turn back to the Gospel, and during our Lenten time we had that period of talking about growth in the church and what that means for us, what can we embrace from the Passover meal without co-opting it because we have our own communion observance, but what could we embrace that's important and hand over to God so that we can allow the kingdom to flourish in our community and in our parish? What are some of the values that were natural to Jesus and the disciples as they lived out their meal that we could include in our worship, in our parish, and that you, like the disciples tonight with Jesus, could go into your home and make those rituals a rich place for you and your family to allow Jesus to live in that space and make your home a sacred space as much as this worship centre is. We need to embrace the idea that what we are prompted to do in worship, we need to take out into the world. When we come to worship, yes, we come to read, we come to enjoy communion, but we also seek the promptings of the Holy Spirit to enter our hearts, minds and souls so that we can move forward for that week, so that we could do God's work in that following week. The prompting could be to to make peace with someone. The prompting could be to have that chat that uh, you haven't had for a while. I had a prompting from last week's service to ring one of my best friends growing up. I haven't spoken to him for like several years and we had a great chat. And then he spoke about me being a priest and we were talking about in our adolescent period, he would never, ever, never pick that. And yet here I am. And he sees all the, and I gave him my podcast and he had a listen and he goes, oh, you really are a priest. And so <laughs> that's the text that I got later on. And so we go on journeys in our different lives. We're making those connections that we're prompted to do are very important. What we are asked to do is to transcend our temple worship, to transcend our worship space and take it into our home as well. What we do here tonight and how we do things with each other, the washing of the feet, the having the communion, is something that we need to take into our homes and spaces where we occupy each and every day, such as for work and for leisure. What are we doing here tonight? Well, tonight we are embracing the humility, our humility before God. Tonight we are embracing an act that shows we are servants in the, in the release of the kingdom of God into our area. And as an example of that, we wash each other's feet. So I'm asking you, being here tonight, to take that and transcend this worship space and to bring that into your home. Have a night, have a, take this moment and be humble tomorrow. Where you might want to be right, be kind. Where you might want to take action and debate with someone and to be very angry with them, maybe in your mind, mentally, if they won't allow you, but mentally, wash their feet and see how that changes your idea and perception in that moment. One of the traditions of the Passover meal was that all of the food had to be shared in portions. And if you had more portions to share, then you would be expected to invite people and to share it with them. We have an open table for communion 
where all people can come and share in our communion or receive a blessing. You've heard me say that many times. But how does that statement go into your heart and allow you to take that moment from our worship and transcend the space and bring it into your home, work and leisure space? How do you invite people that might be neglected, forgotten or have never known to have a connection or have never known Jesus or ever had a connection with them? I was invited to a great uh, home I thought it was just going to be a couple and their prayer, but they invited all a few other people and there were about 13 of us. And we spoke about Jesus and we prayed and we shared things. And some of the people there just never thought that what we could do in the home could be just as sacred and important as what we could do here at church. And so do we get that message out? Do we share that your home is a sacred and an important space for the Holy Spirit to come into so that Jesus can be present with you as this space is in our church. Then I ask you to think about rituals that we can take from our worship space that can transcend this space and be taken into our home. And some of those, some of those things that we can do are from our prayer book. The prayer book is such a genius, I think it's a genius of a book. It's, it's just got things that we do and there's canon laws about what priests do and what we do as the clergy but there is an amazing set of references in there about what you can do each and every day. Each and every day you can do daily prayers. Each and every day you can say a blessing for each other or for your community. And you can gather. You can gather together and do those prayers and seeing as mayor and Violet aren't here tonight. I can tell you one of their secrets. When, uh, when we had to do the, uh, you know, how you get the reader every night and you've got to, you know, they're, they're going through kinder and prep and, you know, you've got to do 20 minutes of reading. And Well, we used to, I, used to, I got the app and they said, all right, well, you can use your, your iPad. And they had, a, they had a heart attack thinking they can use the iPad. And, um, but we had the ePray app. And so we, we did the ePray and they read a bit. And I read a bit and then we held, and they learnt all these words and they learnt all these amazing things. And that became our ritual, our bedtime story was our ePray app and Dad, when can I get the ePray app? And it was very exciting for them. You can make a ritual, you can invite people into a space with very little effort and a lot of joy in your own heart. So can I ask you to think about how we take this space, the feet washing, does not need a, an ordained clergy person to do it. Feet washing can be done by every person to each other. And so what can we take out of our services and our prayer book? In fact, if you need a prayer book and you don't have it, just take one. I know I haven't told the wardens this, and uh, I often think when I'm led by the Spirit, it's easier to... Grant, it's easier to apologise than it is to ask for permission sometimes. But if you need a prayer book, we've got a lot of them. Our services are on the screen, so borrow them for a long while if you need to. But they're there. And we can use it and we can transcend this worship space by taking the prayer book with us and using those amazing prayers that have been written with a lot of love and soul and built on the shoulders of others. The Passover meal builds faith in God around each of the elements that are presented. 
How do we practice our faith around the choices we make regarding food? At the moment, we are doing uh, some sharing of food through Food Bank. And we started that and we had one a week, one box went a week and then a couple of more the next week. And last Friday, we had the whole Food Bank emptied out. It was an amazing to see a line of cars parked out going into Melbourne Avenue. And I thought, all right, God has come. Finally, we've got there. The message has got out. But that's what we need to think about. We have these portions of food. We have part of the Passover meal is to be careful with it and to be caring, not only careful, but caring with it. Making sure that no one misses out because everyone's invited to the table. So we invite everyone to our communion table and we also invite people to our parish who have food security issues. And seeing as Maya's doing her Duke of Edinburgh at the moment, she's got a lot of boxes to pack in a little while. And we can also empower our homes. We can transcend this worship space and what we do in the parish into our homes by thinking about the choices we make and the wastage of food and monitor that we are doing a holy and righteous act with our food, just like the disciples and Jesus were at the time of the Passover meal. The Passover meal was a safe space to be in. And so how can we make our worship centres and your home a safe space for genuine spirituality to grow in others? And I'm not talking about simply about compliance and safe ministry practices. Yes, we do that. And I say that very overtly. We do that and we do that well. But I'm talking more about how can we allow someone with no view of Jesus or an emerging view of Jesus come to know Jesus? someone who has a different lifestyle to us, how can they be welcomed into our church? How can someone come into our space and just share their ideas without being told they're wrong for it? Because I know there was a time when I was very wrong in my ideas of Christ and I wrestled with the Bible and I wrestled with the teachings and slowly and surely the revelation of the Holy Spirit came into me and allowed me to see the word come off the page and into my heart. We're so quick to tell everyone why they're wrong and what they should know that we forget that we wrestled with the Bible and sometimes as Jacob had when he wrestled with God, sometimes our hips were out of joint at different times. But God put us back together in a different way and so we died to the world and and we raised in Christ. How can we allow our worship space to be that sort of a space? And how can we allow our homes for our children as they grow up to be that sort of a space where for a while, as my sons used to tell me growing up, Dad, you don't know anything. And then all of a sudden they get to 26 and they go, oh, Dad, you know, you've kind of caught up. You, you and I, kind of, we're kind of on the same wavelength now. So there's this great period where I just knew nothing. How do we let people have that space and let them wrestle and catch up with the Lord. Because that's what the Passover value was about. It's about sharing the story and hearing how people accepted it. It was about their vulnerability as a servant. And when we have our testimony to share, as we can see in a lot of the scripture readings, the, the biggest thing that drew people to Christ in the early church was the vulnerability of the apostles to share the testimony of Christ. 
and how Christ affected their life, even to the point of the disciples and the apostles themselves being killed. Well, tonight I have jugs of water, I have bowls, I have towels, and I have a whole roll of paper towels somewhere on that trolley that I found somewhere and it's available, and I'm not afraid to use them. I think you know me well enough to know that when I'm saying that I'm going to actively wash everyone's feet, that there's a chance that you won't get out of here tonight unless I've washed your feet. So let's make it an easy choice. So when I'm calling you up to, to come out for your, to wash your feet, just come out and uh, let me do that process. It is my first year in this parish and it is a great blessing if you would allow me the privilege to, to, be hum- to go in Christ's humility and just wash your feet. And as we do that today, transcend the worship space. Take that with you. Go home. And maybe husbands, we can wash our wives' feet when we go. Wives, we can wash our husbands' feet. Fathers can wash their sons' feet. We can all just take a moment just to have a relationship that we say we're all equals before Christ. And before I say the Lord be with you, just a quick question. Hands up, who thinks the jugs of water are going to be warm? Hands up for those people who think I've put ice in there. Oh, that laugh tells me that uh, you know me too well. The Lord be with you.